0: else? Okay, we'll go ahead and and open with prayer and then we'll get started. Father, we uh, thank you for tonight. We thank you for this opportunity we have to gather together and to look at your word. Father, to learn together and Lord, we do come tonight, and we lift up uh, Gordon and and Matt and Logan. We pray that um, Father, you would help their bodies to heal during this time. Father, uh, be with them. We we pray for uh, Mike Watson as he has the uh, the surgery coming up, and Lord, we pray for uh, the doctors and those who will be working on him. Lord, we pray that you would um, help them and uh, as they seek to. Uh, go in and, and do this uh, procedure, Lord. We, uh, we just pray for a, a great outcome with that. Lord, We again we come tonight and we're going to, as we open the book of Judges, we just pray that you would, Lord, speak, uh, Lord, through your spirit and, and through your word. And uh, Father, that you would would help us uh, to understand that our hearts might be changed, and so we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Right. So, tonight we're going to continue our study on the life of Samson, so please, uh, if you have your Bibles with with you, you can open with me to uh, Judges chapter 16, Judges chapter 16. And uh, tonight, we're going to actually be looking at the foolishness of Samson. Foolishness of Samson. Um, we've been working our way through this story, and um, so far we've, we've seen parts one and two. We, we ended last time with, with Samson having killed a thousand men with the, the jawbone of a donkey, and he cried out to the Lord, and, and the Lord gave him water to drink and then we read in verse 20 of chapter 15 where it says and he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years. Judged 20 years and of that 20 years as we mentioned before we only have a very short amount of time recorded for us in scripture. And so tonight we're going to pick up in the story of Samson, in part three. And um, as we said, this part of the story is, is only um, three verses. Three verses at the beginning of chapter 16. So look there with me. And beginning in verse one, we read, Samson went to Gaza, and there he saw a prostitute, and he went into her. The Gazites were told, Samson has come here. And they surrounded the place and set an ambush for him all night at the gate of the city. They kept quiet all night, saying, Let us wait till the light of the morning, then we will kill him. But Samson lay till midnight, and at midnight he arose and took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts, and pulled them up, bar and all, and put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that is in front of Hebron. Now again, we see once, once more here at the beginning of chapter 16, uh, this issue of Samson's sight. Samson's sight getting him into trouble. We saw um, the same thing when he went to marry the, the Philistine woman in chapter 14. Uh, it says twice there that he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. And also twice it says that she was right in Samson's eyes. Here in chapter 16, we read that he he went to Gaza and there he again saw a prostitute. And as we read this, again, we're we're reminded of 1 John, um, where he talks about the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life. Also, thinking through this, Dr. Godfrey kind of makes the point that um, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. And it seems here as though Samson is walking by sight and not by faith. And so Samson sees this prostitute at Gaza and he, he visits her. And, and while he is there, these Philistines of Gaza, they set an ambush for him. Okay, so um, a little, little bit of context here really helps. The the cities in those days, when, when we think about cities, were surrounded by walls for protection. Right? Keep, keep the bad guys out, good guys safe inside. Um, the gate to pass through the wall um, into and out of the city, this one spot was locked every night. Again, it was locked overnight for protection of the people. And so what's happening here in verse 2 is the Philistines here are making an assumption. They're saying that because Samson is inside the wall of the city, it's obvious he's going to have to wait until the sun rises the next day and the gate's unlocked to be able to leave because the door's been locked. So basically Philistines here look and they see that They think they've basically created this this perfect ambush scenario, right? Samson's in the city. He can only leave the city in daylight, and he can only leave through the gate, right? It makes perfect sense, so we'll just sit here and wait for him then. If he's got to come through there, we'll just sit here, we'll wait, and then we'll kill him. Well, verse 3 tells us Samson doesn't wait until the morning. Rather, he gets up at midnight. And even though the gate is locked, that doesn't matter to Samson, right? He just picks up the whole thing. He pulls it out of the ground. Because of his great strength, he puts it on his back and he carries on. And thus Samson is delivered from, he escapes from this trap set for him by the Philistines. And it is interesting at the end of verse 3 that it mentions him taking um, the gate here to the hill that is in front of Hebron. Um, There are several reasons that this could be mentioned. Um, One reason is that it emphasizes Samson's strength. Um, Hebron was about 30 miles away from Gaza. And it was the highest point in Israel. So therefore, Samson would have been taking the entire gate of the city on his back with him 30 miles uphill. I mean, an incredible feat of strength. Now, I wouldn't wouldn't want to carry a backpack 30 miles uphill, much less the the whole gate of a city. Um, And so it, it emphasizes the strength that he has. We also know from the, the larger context of the Old Testament Bible that, that this is also the place where Abraham, the patriarch of Israel, is buried. So this would then lead us in our minds to think of the, the covenant that God made with Abraham and the, the faithfulness of God to keep that covenant. And this is a reason that God has, has protected and has sustained the people of Israel. It's the reason that he's raised up judges among them. And um, it's the reason that he has raised up Samson here at the the end of the book, to be a judge and to deliver Israel from captivity of the Philistines. We've talked about several times how Samson's life in many ways uh, mirrors, or it's a picture of the nation of Israel as a whole. And in these three, three verses, here's another example of that. Just as uh, the Philistines had had surrounded Samson, they laid a trap for him. So also the the pagan nations surrounded Israel and they, they sought to destroy it. And we see this stated in places like Psalm 83 where it says, O God, do not keep silence. Do not hold your peace or be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you have raised their heads. They lay crafty plans against your people. They consult together against your treasured ones. They say, come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Let the name of Israel be remembered no more. Sounds a lot like what the Philistines were doing there with Samson. And we know that, that time and time again throughout history of the nation of Israel, God fought for and God delivered His people because of His faithfulness. His faithfulness to the covenant that he had made. And uh, we also see here Samson's deliverance from the hands of his enemies in this passage. A third reason, maybe, that uh, this would be mentioned is that it leads us to think in our minds of David. It's where David is later anointed king in, in both 2 Samuel in chapters 2 and chapter 5 we see that that David's crowned there. Again, knowing that during the time of the judges, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. It it leads us to think forward to a time where Israel will have a king. And so um, as we look at this instance in these three verses here at the beginning of chapter 16, we also see um, it's kind of a In this short account, we, we see kind of a summary of the entire life of Samson or um, the entire time that he spent as a judge. We see um, that there was great sin in Samson's life. And that's recorded for us here in Scripture. But there, there's also service to the people of Israel against the Philistines. We see that he has great weakness in regards to, to giving in to temptation, especially in regards to his eyes and to sexual sin. And yet, at the same time, we see that he possessed great physical strength. We see that he lived much, much of his life in a, a very self-centered fashion, as these um, instances in, in these chapters of Judges tells us. I mean, Samson did what Samson wanted to do much of the time. And yet through all of that, he was used by God to deliver the people of Israel from the Philistines. So it's, it's kind of like we said before, this, at the beginning of this study, Samson is a, is a great enigma, right? He, he's a mystery in so many ways. We see all these different aspects coming out in his life. And so that's the third part of the story. Three verses. Um, and then beginning in verse 4, of chapter 16 we come to this last section of the story of Samson and so when we look there we read in verse 4 after this he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah now there's a, a couple of interesting things about this um, first thing is th- this is the first time that we hear about Samson loving a woman in this story, we've seen several times where Samson lusts after a woman. He desires a woman, but it's never mentioned that he loves a woman until now. Also, this is the only time in the story that a, a woman in Samson's life is named. As we've gone through this story, we, we don't get the name of his mother. We don't get the, the name of the Uh, of his wife in chapter 14. We don't get the name of the prostitute at Gaza. But we do get a name here. And there is some debate about whether this was her actual name or if it was more like a title or a label or a nickname of sorts. And the reason for this is that the name means flirtatious. And so the thought is that it'd be It'd be unlikely that a parent would name their child flirtatious, um, But, maybe so. Um, at any rate, we're, we're, told, um, we're told these things the woman that Samson loves in chapter 16. Also important to note that we are told several times of Samson's love for Delilah, but we are not told of Delilah's love for Samson. That's a, an interesting observation we see in the story. And then we look at verse 5. And it says, And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Seduce him and see where his great strength lies. And by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to humble him. And we will give, And we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. And so the the ESV here, um, it says seduce. Other translations say entice. It can also be translated as deceive or persuade him um, to tell you where his strength is. And and the, the lords of the Philistines were very open, very honest with Delilah about what they. We're going to do to Samson. And then they promise her 1,100 pieces of silver from each of the lords of the Philistines if she will do this. And Dr. Godfrey tells us that, I mean, this was an incredible amount of money in that day. I mean, unbelievable amount of money, um, probably the modern-day equivalent of, of billions. With a B. Like that's a lot of money. And really what it shows us is is it shows us the great wealth of the Philistines but it also shows us the the extent to which they were willing to go to get rid of Samson. And so we go and we look at verse 6. And even though that she was sent to, to deceive them. It, it doesn't look like there's a lot of deception. I mean, Delilah, she just comes right out. And she asks him very plainly. It says, so Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and how you might be bound that one could subdue you. I mean, come on, Samson. Like, Can you not see what's going on here? Um." But we do see at the beginning of, start of verse 7 that Samson must have known that something's up because he does tell her these false things. And in verse 7, he says to bind him with fresh bowstrings, And they do, and he gets out of them. In verse 11, he says bind me with new ropes. They do, and he escapes from them. Verse 13, he says, to weave the locks of his hair together in a loom. Again, all three times, the Philistines, they come in, they try to subdue Samson, and all three times, Samson broke free of the bonds that they placed on him. And as we come and we read this story, we think, like, how many times does it take for Samson to get with it? to understand what's going on here. but I guess we could say that maybe love isn't always rational. And uh, love doesn't always see warning signs that are put directly in, in front of you. So we keep going. We get down to verse 16. We read, And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, His soul was vexed to death. Verse 17, and he told her all his heart. That sounds very familiar, doesn't it? We think back up to chapter 14 and the Philistine wife there who who kept after Samson for seven days to tell him the answer to the riddle. There again, in both circumstances, Samson breaks down finally and, and gives them The answer. And both times, the women in his life use that information to betray him. And so that's the reason why the lesson tonight is entitled, The Foolishness of Samson. It happens twice to him. And so next time when we come back, we're going to look at. Tonight we saw the foolishness of Samson. Next time we'll see. The humiliation of Samson as Act Four continues in this story. So, let's pray together, Father. We thank you again for tonight. We thank you for um, this story. We think of for, thank you for the the truths we can glean from it. Um, Lord, we pray that you would uh, go with us now, Lord. May we seek to to honor and obey you in the week. To come and we' pray this in Jesus name.